I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you're listening to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, back. It's been a while. It's, uh, winter break. Uh, I'm here with Austin. We've missed a lot, but Nevada basketball has done fairly well in the time we've been gone. One horrendous loss. I'll, I'll just use horrendous. I think that is the best word to describe it. But other than that, Nevada's been perfect. Uh, Nevada is now ranked eighth in the nation, eighth or seventh, depending on the poll you look at. But uh, Nevada's been 9-1 and one since we've been gone. Let's rattle off those games. Uh, the last game we were talking about was South Dakota State, where we shut down Mike Dom to five points. Uh, we beat Akron 68-62. We beat Utah 86-71. We beat Utah State 72-49. I'm going to skip over the New Mexico game. You all know that one. San Jose State, we killed uh, 92-53. to We beat Fresno State 74-64. Uh, Co- uh, Cody Martin beat Boise State 72-71. That was a clutch buzzer beater by Cody Martin. Uh, we beat Air Force 67-52. Uh, and then we... Colorado State we won 100 to 60, Muss's 100th win at Nevada, and then we beat uh, the school down south, 87 to 70. Now I've been out of the country. Austin took over the job of live tweeting. What game stood out for you? Um, I think the games that really stood out to me were the uh, Akron game. I was able to uh, watch that pretty closely. Um, the Utah, the Utah game being um, our last uh, non-conference game was huge to get that W. But really, I mean, the one that stood out to me the the most was uh, the the New Mexico game. Um, we all saw it. Um, it was the it was the one slip up, the one the one L on our schedule. But um, I mean, overall, I think we played great. I think uh, being able to play against Colorado State, I know we'll kind of break down that later. But um, I think we were able to see our offense kind of play the way that we were able to think we were able to play um but uh, we kind of saw a lull during the Christmas break during our uh, offensive efficiency and really kind of put the stress on our defensive game you're right and I think the New Mexico game almost woke the team up you look at the offense it definitely struggled in the New Mexico game only scoring 58 points but like you look at it we followed up the New Mexico game dropping 92 on San Jose State we dropped 100 on Colorado State we dropped 87 on Nevada Southern but this team has the capability of doing really well on offense. And then you look at a game like Air Force. They've scored 20 points in the first half. Right. The, a, season, uh, a low for a Nevada points in a half since Muss has taken over. So I don't know where, like, what to say for this game. Like Colorado State was the first game uh, where the offense truly showed up. K.O. Martin made his three balls. We were talking during the game, like, where where has this been? Like right. the three point shooting was actually really good in this game. Something that has been a weakness all year. This is something that Caleb Martin pointed out in a post game press conference following the Air Force game, saying that if Nevada can get three point shooting, it's one of the most deadly teams in the country. It's playing really well on defense. It's somewhat doing okay on offense, but the offense is, I think, starting to click. We've seen it two really good games, two really good offensive offensive uh, performances. And so I think this could be a trend. Nevada does have uh, not the most difficult schedule coming up, but there are some difficult games. There is a rematch with New Mexico. You have two matchups with San Diego State, who uh, at San Diego State is always a very tough place to play. But other than that, Nevada's handled itself against most of the against the top competition. We've uh, 
New Mexico's ranked towards the bottom of the conference, and they're that one loss. So, like, and it goes Nevada, Utah, Fresno, and then Nevada Southern. We've all beat, like, we beat them. So, we beat the third-place team in the Mountain West by 20 points. Right. So, I'm very confused by this team. Right, and I think that's that's the whole narrative that's been being pushed net right now is kind of what team is going to show up tonight. I'm going to be honest. Last night, I was worried, and I and I usually do not get worried with this team. Um, I have full trust in this basketball team, but you you get worried to uh, what team is going to show up tonight. Are we going to get the Air Force team that puts up 20 in the first half, or are we going to get the Colorado State team that put up 100? You know what I mean? So, um, and even I and I wouldn't argue that the New Mexico State game even really turned it around, right? Because it forced us a last-minute three by uh, Cody Martin to Be beat Boise. Boise, right? So that's kind of like a we definitely should have beat them by way more than we did. And um, and then you talk we're losing by, to Air Force going into half. So it's not that the New Mexico game really woke us up. I think the Air Force game, that first half, um, us against Air Force really woke us up. And then you see what we did against Colorado State. And then you see what we did against the third best team in the conference, and that's UNLV. And – so with that air with that Air Force game, I think it really turned around our offense. But it definitely has taken taken time to come around. It takes and it's taken a lot of hard work. But it's almost like what team is going to show up tonight? I really hope it's the team that played against Colorado State and not Air Force. And I I think it's interesting because you never know what lineup Nevada for the most part has rocked out with the same starting five, the veteran group, uh, the twins, K, uh, the twins, JC, and both. Trey Shauna and Trey Porter. But then for a good stretch of games, Nevada mixed it up. They went with – they took out uh, Trey Sean uh, Thurman and they put in Corey Henson. Corey, yep. Corey got sick, and so I think that forced uh, the Wolfpack – must to put Trey Sean back in. And that's when I think the team started turning around. And I think uh, Trey Sean Thurman is one of those players who's really underrated. He's up within the top three in pretty much steals – Blocks, uh, rebounds, assists. He's. I think. I think he's probably Nevada's one of Nevada's third most important player on this team. Right. And I think a lot of teams. Um. There's always that one person they call the glue guy. There's always that one person who kind of keeps the team together, and kind of does a little bit of everything in that team. And Trey and um, Treshawn Thurman is that guy for Nevada. He does a little bit of everything, and when he's on the court, there's an energy that it just isn't matched when he's off the court. Um, and you're right with the lineups. I mean, we saw uh, Corey Henson starting, and, and that actually, for a little bit, I think it kind of helped our um, slow start, um, getting Corey Henson in there. But um, like you said, him being sick, um, they put Treshawn back in there. I think it's been great. I think it um, the last two games, obviously, have been working great. It's just what can get our offense started quickly rather than waiting um, until there's 15 minutes left in the second half. Yeah, and that's something I think Nevada will definitely see as we get towards tournament time. Even the Mountain West Tournament, if you go down in the first half, like we saw last year's Mountain West Tournament against San Diego State, these teams know that they're playing for something big. Like, the Mountain West is not going to be a two-team bid, a two-bid league. No. We already know. No. The Pac-12 isn't going to be a two-bid uh, league. Nope. But I think once you see that, like – Sure, if Nevada gets knocked off in, in the Mountain West, it will be a two-bid league because Nevada is right. top 10 team in the nation. Uh, but I do I do think it's interesting to see um, 
like what Treshawn does. But I do think it's interesting to see how Nevada can blow out Colorado State by 40. Yes, they're not good, but then they beat Boise State, who Boise State lost their best player last year. Beat him. It only takes a buzzer beater. Yeah, Boise Boise State is not a good team, and neither is Air Force, and we struggled against both both those teams pretty pretty handily. And the thing is, these teams go to zone zone defense, and it just it forces Nevada to shoot the three, mm-hmm. something they haven't done well at. For the matter of time, for the most three pointer, I think Jordan Caroline's the best three point shooter on this team. Right, he's taken serious, significant strides to uh, raise that aspect of the game. I'm sure the uh, scouts during last year's combine and workouts told him work out your three, and I think it's really shown. Oh, I agree. I think he's the best. Uh, it, okay, if not the best on the team, really close to it, and and if not the most consistent, right? He's the one that's showing up every game and at least knocking down a couple. Um, there, you know, Caleb and Jazz definitely have their games where they're unconscious from three and they can knock down everything. But then there's also games against, like we did against Air Force, where we put up 27 threes and we made five of them. Jazz Johnson put up eight and he made one. Mm-hmm. Caleb put up 11. He made two. We've all, we, yeah, we've also seen those struggles from Nisre, from right. Corey Henson. Right. And we alluded to this last semester. We think that the reason Nisre, Nisre, Corey, and Jazz is because it's, kind of hard for them to get their touch yeah. and that's why I think the offense I wouldn't say it was different when Corey started and I think if Musk does eventually go up to a new line sheet I don't think Jazz Johnson will start because he likes having that three-point shooter off the bench but I do think one person who has done really well in very few minutes he's played is Jordan Brown we, we've talked about it he doesn't get a lot of minutes but in the minutes he gets um he was really effective. In the end of the Air Force game, uh, one reporter asked about Jordan Brown's minutes, and he's like, Jordan Brown is doing really well at practice. He doesn't, And he's like, must clearly diverted the question, and he's like, I don't know who's going to play next game. So it's going to be interesting to see like how Jordan Brown like uses his minutes going forward, Like see if he gets more minutes. He's had two huge blocks against uh, UNLV. Uh, on Tuesday, so it was. It's gonna be interesting to see. Like he's taking really big strides, right? And uh, I get. I think the game against UNLV on Tuesday kind of just forced Muss's hand almost to play him. Um, we've all like the fans across social media and at the game have been really wanting to see Jordan Brown get his touches, and um, we we've been really kind of seeing him kind of hover around the five minute mark a game. Um, but with I think Trey Porter was out um, early, early to yeah. foul trouble, mm-hmm. like pretty early. And then Trey Sean um, later in the second half as well because of foul trouble. So it was kind of like Musk didn't really have a choice at that point. And he played 16 minutes, and Jordan Brown played phenomenal. I mean, he had he had six points, um, which is impressive, but those blocks alone, the energy level, um, he was playing hard on defense, which was something that um, in the beginning of the season we kind of saw him kind of take effort off of was the defense and kind of put more towards offense. But, I mean, the entire game, Jordan Brown was playing phenomenal. So um, I think the minutes are definitely going to go up. But it, I think the Eric Musselman hand was kind of um, forced in this game for sure. Since the start of January, uh, Jordan Brown has played more games with less than – 10 minutes of play than he has with 10 plus. So here it is. USC played three minutes. Arizona State, nine. GCU, eight. South Dakota State, seven. 
Akron, 7. Utah, 13. Utah State, 10. New Mexico, 8. San Jose State, 21. Fresno State, 1 minute. Boise State, 2 minutes. Air Force, 7. Colorado State, 21 minutes. And then UNLV, 16 minutes. So I do think he's the number one big option off the bench. But I do think you, you can utilize his his game more. In the 16 minutes, he shot one of two, and then he made four or four free throws, adding uh, two huge blocks. And so I, I, six points and two blocks is not that bad of not that bad of a stat line, uh, especially with what they needed him to do. Right, and uh, as the game was going down, I think it was around the 10 minute mark. Um, you know, we kind of we saw uh, Nevada was up by 20, and we were kind of we were looking to start take, taking time off the clock. And they would um, run the shot clock down to around you know 10 seconds, and they would just give it to Jordan Brown down low, and that's where he got his free throws. I mean, he was fouled back to back possessions, taking time off the clock, and it was um, I mean it was interesting to see. You know, he's going to be a very very valuable big down the stretch, and it's going to be a player that where Nevada fans are going to love having him on this team. You look at you look at the game against Nevada Southern, eighty seven seventy. We scored forty eight points in the first half, uh, absolutely blowing them out. We had a twenty two point lead, and then Nevada just killed the clock. I don't hate this. Uh, look, we covered the spread. The spread was eleven or ten and a half, depending on where you go. But I don't I don't hate this move. Like we probably saw stretches where Nevada struggled to score, but you're just killing clock, and so. It, they never really got in the game, but looking at the minutes, the three returners from last year at 37, 38, and 39 minutes, then Treshawn had 11 minutes, Trey Porter had 11, Jordan Brown had 16, Jazz Johnson 35, and Corey Henson 13. That You look at this box score and, like, what's going on? This, uh, this two starting big men only got 11 minutes each. Like, I get it. Both of them had four fouls, but, like, you'd like to see them actually put in more minutes. And... I think due to this, you got Jordan Brown actually playing significant time, right? And I think um, I definitely think it was due to the fouls. Um, I, I, I know Coach Must would rather have um, a Thurman or um, a Porter in rather than Jordan Brown. But um, yeah, I mean, seeing him play those amount of minutes, showing us, yeah, this this guy can play. This guy's a baller. Um, I think it was cool seeing everyone that got on the court for the significant amount of minutes um, scoring. They got on the score sheet, which is cool. Um, that might have been the quietest 26 points I think Caleb has ever dropped in his life. It didn't really seem like seven, 26. 7 to 12 shooting, 4 to 7 from deep, 8 to 10 from the line. It might have yeah. been his most efficient game of the season, to be completely honest with you. And that's something that Caleb has struggled with. Right, and, I agree. And it really wasn't until the Colorado State game where he was shooting efficiently. But looking at the team, they shot. This is a team that really has struggled from the free throw line all year. They go twenty-eight of thirty-two. That's eighty-seven percent. That's right. very good. And usually in the past, uh, Musselman teams have been usually very, very, very good from the free free throw line. So um, seeing this year in a lull was kind of weird. But I, like you said, yeah, I mean, we came back and we were making a lot of our free throws. Um, Jordan Brown made all of his. Um, Jazz Johnson missed one. You know, what I mean, everyone had really good day at the free throw line. So, um, it was it was a great game to see Jordan Caroline walking double double like always. Yep. And I think one of the things to look at this UNLV came into this game as one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. So to only lose the rebounding battle by four is huge. Jordan Caroline, yeah, grabbed ten. Both twins grabbed six apiece. And so I do think it's it's very crucial that Nevada was able to, um. 
keep the margin close. You, Nevada had four offensive rebounds in comparison. Well, UNLV had 16. Right. But I do think those four offensive rebounds were huge. Nevada, it was it was it was close at the beginning, and then Nevada broke it out around like the broke it off around like the 17 minute mark, and they never really took their foot off the gas until the second second half. So I think it was interesting to see. I we still haven't yet to see other than Colorado State Nevada play a full 40 minutes of truly good basketball. Right, and I think. Uh, like I was, I was gonna say, Colorado State, I think, was a perfect example of how our team can truly play on both sides of the basketball. They, um, you know, when they play like how they played against Colorado State, they're a Final Four team, and that's why we're in a lot of Final Four picks. Um, that's why we're ranked eighth in the nation. They know we can play, and um, it's just whether or not that team is gonna show up on that particular night. Yeah, looking at, look, just looking at effectiveness, uh, Nevada shot thirty-seven to sixty-six. Pretty good, about fifty percent from uh, uh, from the field. They shot thirteen to twenty seven, just under fifty percent. They got they shot thirteen to twenty from the line. You'd like that to be better, but yeah. this is like the most like Nevada kept it kept the turnover margin small. They only seven had seven turnovers while forcing a ton of turnovers as Colorado State turned the ball over twenty one times. So I do think this was the this was the best game for Nevada. It's just it won't matter when it comes to March because Colorado State's Seven and twelve, two and yeah, no. It, it, this Colorado, like, sure, this Colorado State team has been good in the past, but now they're not. Right. And so, this this win it was the best win, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, and but I think at the same time though, it's kind of like what they did really well in this game and what they do well in games that they do good in um, will help them in March. For example, like Nevada is extremely good at taking care of the ball. You don't turn the ball over in March, you're going to go really deep. And you force they and they're really good at forcing teams to commit turnovers, especially live ball turnovers. That's another thing that helps you when you get really deep into March. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you said about the offensive rebounding or rebounding in general against UNLV, they knew coming into this game that that was going to be an extremely big point of emphasis. Is those their twin towers down low that UNLV has? They're they have big men down low and they can rebound the ball. And I think that's where our coaching um, kind of sets Nevada apart from a lot of different schools. Is they focus. They focus really hard on that rebounding, and like you said, they did it. I mean, they they uh, rebounded on the offensive boards, but in total, they didn't. They lot. I think they got uh, rebounded by two in total, and that's good to hang against a UNLV team that rebounds the ball very, very well. And um, we we played just with them, and we rebounded the ball really well. So I think everything this team does really well um, will take us really deep into March. Now, looking ahead, Nevada has a game this weekend, Saturday afternoon, back at Lawler, uh, where Nevada takes on Boise State. We mentioned to it, it, it was if it wasn't for a Cody Martin-made three-pointer, Nevada would have two conference losses. But what's interesting is Nevada actually did an okay job. They turned the ball over a lot in, in the first meeting. But they really held – the defense was was pretty good. They held Boise State to 42% from the field, 23% from the three-point, and then 78% from the line. They held uh, their best three-point shooter, Justinian Jessup, to two of seven from three, uh, although he did put up uh, 17 points and Alex Hobbs put up 19. I do think Nevada is going to look out for revenge, and I think Nevada – this is one of the games where we start hot and then just continue. Nevada knows it should have blown out this Boise State team – Last time they played, and so that's why I think that this that this is a game where 
uh, Nevada can truly just show the dominance of the fact that they're the eighth-ranked team in the nation. Right. I think this is a completely a revenge game. Um, a lot of people, you know, will forget, yeah, I mean, we did beat this team. That's why this game kind of flies under the radar for a lot of fans. But um, I, f- I think people forget we were a buzzer beater away from having our second loss of the season to Boise State. So the team knows the importance of this game, and they are going to come out fired up, ready for revenge, um, looking at any chance they can get at, you know, blowing this team away. Um, we're in front of a home crowd. I think this game is going to be phenomenal for us. I think we're going to start hot and end hot um, because of just how we've been playing against Colorado State and now UNLV. I think momentum's riding in the right place. I think uh, we're going to have a pretty successful game. Anytime you take on the top team, there's always a target on your back. Uh, and I think that's one thing that Musselman does very well. He's shown, like, uh, how to handle that. You, they had very minimal losses. Um, and what Nevada does amazing, what Nevada has done amazing since Muss has got here is they don't lose at home. You Very few home losses. One home loss last year. I believe one home loss the year before. Uh, and so I do think Nevada will keep up. And we, you, we all know what the student section is like. It is loud. Yep. For a venue that holds 11,500 people, it gets really yeah, it loud get, it in there. It gets rocking, yeah. And I do think um, we'll see a full full sellout and no doubt. full turnout for this game. But then even going forward, all the other games this year are sold out, which yeah. is fantastic to see how four years ago, Must took a 9-22 and team. Their, first, their goal their first year was to win 20 games. Did that CBI championship. Next year was make the tournament. Check. Check. Uh, the year before that, Sweet 16, check. And as Must... Uh, and now this year, they're looking to go even further, go past. They're, they're, I think they have their eyes set on Minnesota. They have, you know, they have their eyes set on the Final Four. I think it's Final Four or bust for this team right now. And, uh, hey, they keep checking off all the things on their list. So uh, if their goal is Final Four this year, I would say watch out for all the other teams in the country because once they get their mind set on something, they, they don't back down. And one thing that definitely does help in the tournament is veteran like leadership. Oh yeah. This is a starting five that's all above twenty one years old. Yep. They're fi- they're all fifth year seniors. And so I think it's huge. And I think this is one of the best things about this is Jordan Brown learning from this. Learning from uh guys like Trey Porter, yep. the twins, J C, uh even Trey Sean Thurman. Like yeah. you I think this is gonna be huge for uh Jordan Brown's development. And if he does come back next year, leads this he's gonna be one of the leaders on this team. Right. Especially since uh, Nevada doesn't have – they have, like, three players coming back if eligible to come back next year. Uh, Jazz, uh, I think – Lindsey. Lindsey. Well, I'm, well, Lindsey's redshirting. Right. But J- Jazz, uh, JB, and Nisra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus the red, plus all the redshirts. So I yeah. do think Nevada, if JB decides to stay and not transfer, he could have a truly impact on this year. We've seen his uh, what is done on the defensive end now – and we know he has the offense game. Now it's time. It's going to be time uh, towards the end of this year, and then obviously off season to put everything together. Show why he was a five star uh, recruit, All American, McDonald's All American. I think he'll be. I think he'll be a player to watch next year if he decides to stay. Right. I think. I think he's definitely going to decide to stay. And I think the leadership of this team is the biggest X factor um, over any team that they face. Really. I mean, we even saw the leadership. How big of an X factor it was last year when we were down to Texas and Cincy, and both those both times, um, not really getting too worried about what the game is going to going to look like. Um, having confidence in your team to be able to come back and make two amazing comebacks. 
um, the leadership of this team is incredible. And that's why we see those young teams like Duke. Um, you know, look at Duke the last couple of years. They've been getting knocked out around Elite Eight, not even making it to the Final Four because they're young. They, they're inexperienced. You know, take us, I, that's why I take us over Duke any day because of the experience that our team has. We go hey. down a little bit. Okay, I don't know about any day. Uh, they, got, <laughs> they, they, got, they got Zion. I'm scared. I don't think anyone on Nevada could stop Zion. Right, so I don't know. Um, but it's definitely interesting to look at. Look, I, I do think Nevada, Nevada has definitely shown that its defense can prevail. Look what happened uh, in in the games in the tournament. Nevada Nevada did a very good job slowing down Cincinnati uh, in the second half. They did a very good job limiting Texas and Mo Bamba. Uh, so I, and I, the Nevada has that better defense this year. Uh, you actually have a big man who could – who can actually affect shots at the rim, something they didn't have last year. But I do think I do think this offense, I wouldn't say it's the issue, but it's not the solution. Or it's like you have to – the offense has to find f- figure out what's actually right. Oh, I agree. I think um, our offense is definitely not the weak point or if there is one of this team. It's – it's def or sorry, our defense isn't the weak point. Our no. offense is something that we definitely need to work on. I mean, our three point shooting is a concern. There, you can't just sit here and say that our three point shooting isn't a concern. Um, looking at past games itself, we can't shoot, you know, fifteen twenty percent from the three point line and expect to go deep in March. It's it's just not going to happen. We I I I personally believe we do have the defense to go deep in March. I think we have the ability to shut teams down. Um, Trey Porter gives us gives us that ability to actually affect, like you said, shots down low. People are changing their shots because of how Trey Porter is down low. So I think our defense is definitely going to take us deep into March. It's just what offense is going to show up tonight? Are we going to be able to hit our shots or are we going to go flat? Are we going to be able to find a way around this zone or are they going to have our number the entire night? It's just what offense is going to show up. Yeah, and it's like you look at what happened in this in the Loyola Chicago game last year. Uh, not Kale. Kendall Stevens went 0 of 8 from 3. Right. Are we going to have a game where Caleb Martin is shooting like that, or are we going to have a game where he doesn't take any, doesn't make any two-point shots and only makes three-pointers right. or shooting from a very effective rate? I just don't know, and I think that this last stretch of games, we're already 21 games in. We got, what, 12 more? Yep. I think this last 12 games plus the tournament will really help determine how Nevada um, – what this offense is like. Sure, the defense will help carry us, but if it wasn't for the offense in the tournament, we would not be here. So, right, like, like who knows if the transfers are if if this team is still here if Nevada doesn't put shots uh, put put a run together uh, against Texas against Cincinnati. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, and I and I one thing that's interesting is Nevada has really gone through literally everything. They've yeah. played. A neutral, not neutral site game against GCU. We've played at Pac-12 schools. We've played uh, top 20 teams, one top 20 team in the nation. We've played games where the offense struggles. We've played games where the defense isn't doing well. Right. We've played, sh- and so we've played some of the top scorers in the nation. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that what what the schedule uh, Mus Ruta and the rest of the staff have put together. Right, and I think um, you know, and that that schedule. As many people um, hate on it from a top 10 point of view, 
I mean, from what we are given as a mid-major school, our schedule I think is one of the strongest in the nation. We're we're not Duke. We're not going to be right. We're not going to be playing Gonzaga, Tennessee. I we're agree. not going to be playing North Carolina, which is a top tw- ten matchup every right. year. You're not you're not going to see Nevada in an ACC SEC matchup. No. It doesn't happen. So. We're not. We don't get the same exposure. We aren't able to play the same teams. Um, when we ask to play these teams, a lot of them say no because we're a mid-major. So, what? It's kind of like our hands are tied. We did the best, the very best, in my opinion, of what we with what we were given. Um, we played a lot of tough teams. We played. Um, we played defending um, final four matchups. We. I mean, we played a lot of good teams. So, um, I don't know. I think. I think we're really set to go deep into March. So I want to talk a little bit, just going back to the Nevada Southern game, uh, just some interesting stats. Whenever Nevada comes to town, um, they bring people. Nevada, the game last night, there was 15,786 people. That's the most people UNLV has gotten in attendance since Marvin Menzies has been there as a head coach. And Duke has been there. Wow. So Nevada travels, and uh, Jordan Caroline, Got another double-double. No surprise there. We You mentioned he's a walking double-double. He's his 12th double-double in the year. And uh, Nevada is twenty uh, is tied for the uh, tied for the league, for the nation leading uh, in wins with 20. They had 20 and 1, uh, tied for the best record with Houston and Michigan, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Musselman is now 101 and 30 at Nevada, 6 and 2 against uh, the school down south. So it's good to see. That Nevada, that must has done a very good job um, winning against rivals, and I think that's something that we s- sort of struggled with, yeah. Previous regimes, right? I think Mus. I mean, let's just face it. I think Mus is just good at winning in general. <laughs> he, the amount of wins he's put together in the four years here, and this year's not even over, is um, completely astounding to me. I think. I mean, he didn't have. He hasn't had one season below twenty wins. Mm-hmm. Um, he took over a team that had, I think, nine wins the year before, something like that. Uh, I mean, he's taken over a program that was not about basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. was not this about was, this it. This was a football school. Right. And I think if you lo- ask a lot of freshmen now or even sophomores now, they will not say that. Which And, and I think, I mean, um, changes like this happen at all schools, but – I don't think changes like this so rapidly and so quickly mm-hmm. with so much success and so much, um, you know, backing behind it happens. This is truly an anomaly, anomaly, and I think people in Reno should take notice. Yeah, it was truly special getting to be there for uh, Mus's 100th win. Yeah, it was. Uh, he's the fastest head coach in Nevada history to reach 100 wins. I think he's also the fastest coach in the Mountain West to win- reach yeah, he was. Uh, 100 wins. And... I think it was kind of special, 100 wins, 100 points scored. Right. Uh, but looking at some more Nevada stats, they are ninth in the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio. They are 11th in fewer turn- fewest turnovers, and that's a must specialty. Yep. They don't turn the ball over. Every year. And looking at March, looking ahead at March, according to Joe Lenardi, um, uh, Nevada is projected to be a four-seed in the South region, taking on Texas State. Which would be a very interesting matchup, John Jones, Johnny right. Jones versus Eric Musselman, uh, as Johnny Jones was on this coaching staff last year. Uh, I think, and John Jones, Texas State has beat beat Oregon, right? So they're an inter- they're, they're good, not a joke. No, they're a good team. That game would be in San Jose. Most likely, Nevada will get the San Jose or Salt Lake City matchup. Yep. Uh, Nevada. I was watching something with uh, Jeff Goodman of the uh, stadium. And he's like. Mm-hmm. 
He sees Nevada anywhere. If Nevada wins out, they can be a two seed. But the lowest he sees Nevada dropping a four seed. So Nevada should have its shot, its picking of locations. Right, and I don't understand. Uh, we've been we've been ever since we lost to New Mexico, we've been a th- uh, third seed in the bracketology, which I think was great. But I don't understand why we went down to four and Marquette jumped us as a three seed in the bracketology. I don't. As, as it's a, early. It's as early. A, as a number eight team in the nation, I don't. I'm very right. confused. Right. So. But, um, but you he, know, and it's early, so we have a lot of weeks to go. But I do think um, no matter where the pack goes, I think we have a great um, we'll fan. Oh, yeah. We have a great fan base. To, gonna, they're going to get there, that's for sure. Even in national last year, the pack turnout was still decent. Yeah, for, I mean, Nashville. Nashville's not an right. ideal location for, uh, Reno, right. for people from Reno to get to. you got to stop in some some city. But I do think... Uh, if Nevada does get that San Jose draw, I think we could see a turnout like what happened with uh, GCU in Phoenix. Oh yeah, I I don't know if we're gonna get seven thousand sta- students because but we're gonna not, get a lot. But we'll get we'll fill the SAP Center. I, I de- and I, it's just gonna be interesting to see how Nevada plays uh, coming up. You got two matchups with two matchups with San Jose State. You got Nevada Southern again, a backup in arena. They're gonna want revenge. You got uh, New Mexico who thinks. They're the hot shot. They right. beat the number one. They beat the number one team in the conference. They're the hot shots, even though they've struggled since beating us. Yeah, which the, which college basketball makes no sense for that one. Yeah, I, I think it just shows honestly that the type of game that Nevada is playing every night. I mean, I think a lot of people like hate on the Mountain West because I mean it makes sense, but um, I think a lot of people hate on the Mountain West for the level of play, but. You have to understand that every team that Nevada's seen that night mm-hmm. is the best version of that team that they're yep. going to play that season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That New Mexico team obviously has done horribly since they played us. I think they – I mean, they're bottom of the the league. I think they're like third la, third to last oh, or something yeah, like fourth, that. Yeah, fourth to last. So they're not a good team by any means, but it's that best version of that team that we're going to see. Every single game. And it's, I mean, and that's what you get for having the number one target on your back. But, I mean, I think that's what a lot of fans forget is they are seeing the best version of that team every night. Yeah, you're, you are right. And jumping over to other Nevada sports, Nevada women's basketball um, has gotten off to a better better stretch uh, since they started. They struggled to begin the win year. They lost their first four games. Uh, they now sit with a record of six and twelve on the year, so not horrible. Right. Uh, two and five in conference. They're coming off a blowout win over uh, Colorado State, where they won sixty-two to thirty-eight. That was, I think, the first time Colorado State has been held under forty points in like it's in like the, since like two thousand or something. But Nevada, Nevada does keep it close for most games. Boise State, one-point loss. Air Force, five-point loss. Uh, New Mexico, two-point loss. Utah State, three-point loss, including right. that game went to double overtime. Yep. Uh, but I do, think, I do think this is – there is some stuff to take, take, uh, take notes of. And I think – look, this Nevada team struggled last year, uh, and then it finally hit its – I was just stre- that, yeah. yeah it, it hit its stretch, especially in the – uh, women's in the uh-huh. in the Mountain West tournament, yep. they were one game away from making the Mount NCAA right. tournament. Right, and, and I think that I mean it's the same thing. It not identical um, records, but last year they 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 did struggle, as you noted, um, in the regular season and even into conference play. They struggled until that tournament kind of hit and that team went off. 
Um, and we were we did uh, we were one game away from making it to the tournament, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, this year, I think we might have hit that little sophomore slump. Um, Mandel Evans is in her sophomore you know season coaching with us, so um, I think I think it's interesting to watch to see how they can improve because. You know, um, we kind of have a mediocre um, record right now, but I think there's a lot of room to improve with this team. Um, losing by only, like, by under five the majority of their games. Um, they, I mean, they're just a couple points from just turning around and having a really successful season. They also had a really difficult non-conference schedule. Yeah. Texas Tech, Big 12 team. Col- Colorado, Pac-12. Right. USC, they're they're really good. Oh, yeah. Pac-12 team. So I, I don't – and I do think that this they played Utah – to start the year, and I do think that um, it's good to schedule this hard competition, but I also think it's, it might be better to uh, schedule lesser competition non-conference, get bolster wins, get boost the confidence. This team, But this team is being led by Tere Briggs, who's averaging 15 points a game, uh, eight boards, and shooting 50, uh, shooting 52% from the field, 40% from the three. It's not... It's pretty good, honestly. Leading the team in most categories, uh, you also got Jade Redmond, who, Jade Redman, who's averaging fourteen point three points per game, while shooting forty one percent from the field. So you'd like to um, see that increase. And she's also averaging four point three boards a game. So I do think that Amanda Levins does have some talent. Obviously, the talent dropped off a bit from last year. You had the seniors graduate, Timo. Uh, Tage Zeller, and then they lost a couple of other players. But I do think it, it's going to take it, – it's gotten to this point where I do think that – I wouldn't say it's a lost season, but I do think that they, they're probably not – they might not reach their expectations they set. Right, and I, th- and I think um, a lot of programs have years like that where, you know, um, you kind of set these high expectations because of what happened last year and then it, that you kind of don't really live up to that. And um, I think this year is a lot of – a huge learning year for both um, Levens and the team. Um, now that she's trying, she's able to bring her recruits in. She's she's able to bring her people in, kind of start her regime, um, so to speak. So this this year could be looked at as two ways. I mean, it could be a year that doesn't live up to expectations, or it could be a really good um, growing and building year for this team to where we only see um, growth from now on. Yeah, and the offense has definitely picked it up. Since the beginning of the season, their first four games, they've scored they scored under fifty five points in three of those games. Not great, but uh, since that point, they've scored they've scored uh, just under fifty uh, under fifty five points just once, and that was in a win somehow against San Jose State. We beat them fifty two to forty nine. But I do think that something that to increase is definitely defense. They've allowed um, they, for the majority of the game they've allowed seventy plus points. Yeah. So I do think that you would need to. Um, definitely uh, increase the defense. They're not they're not contesting a lot of shots as they only have 39 blocks on the season, in comparison to 73 by opponents. So I I do think that we got to give it time. Amanda Levins, I I don't know if it was a bit rushed to give her a contract extension after first year, but I mean that was something we noted on the show. That was we I mean all three of us were kind of like, eh. I, I mean it's it's it's. It's like, gutsy. At the, it's at, gutsy. The t- at the time of it happening, it, made it looked like a good move. Right. Now, I don't think I don't think you go out if Nevada doesn't win more than fifteen games. 
if the women's team doesn't win more than 15 games, I wouldn't say go fire fire right. her. But right. like, like I do think that it's also tough for her because it's like this is only her second year here. You this the freshmen in here are her recruiting class. Mm-hmm. You got to give those players time to develop. Uh, Nevada Nevada added seven. Uh, the women's team added seven players. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, seven new players. So I do think give them time. Nevada um, does does have. I, I don't know if it's an easy schedule, but it's an interest interesting schedule coming up. You got obviously um, they got Bo- at Boise, Colorado State, New Mexico, and then they got they end the stretch with like three out of the last five games on the road. So I do think that it's important for this team to win on the road. Even though winning in on the road in any sport is difficult, right? I think th- I think uh, you said it perfectly. I think this team is more of just getting her recruits in here. We have a very very young team, um, an incredibly young team, to where I think it's just kind of let this year be a building year onto next year and see where we can go from there. Um, you know, and if next year we kind of see the same, if not worse, then we can start talking about what to do then. But um, I think we just have a lot of upside with this team and not too much downside from where we can go now, in my opinion. I think the only place is up um, with this young group. So I say um, just keep working, and we'll we'll definitely work on this year into next year, just be very successful next year. Look, I don't – look, this, this – as you know in college sports, anything can happen. Right. Nevada took uh, this Mountain West tournament run and went berserk. They beat the two, three – and, and ten seed, uh, almost beating the one seed, losing on a tip. And look, I I have faith in this coaching staff. Yep. This, this, uh, it sh- it shows how much the athletic department has faith in this coaching staff by giving Amanda Levins an extension only after her first year here. Right. Yeah, that was a huge leap of faith, and that's I mean that was one thing we've covered on here is. Um, it was a bold move to make, and uh, I think we just kind of have to wait and see if it's going to pay off. This year, um, it's looking like not so much, but it's too early to tell. Um, I think we definitely have to wait till next year to really see if that move was successful or not. Now, something to wrap up today's show. We didn't talk about it um, on the last because on the last episode because we weren't here. Nevada Nevada football did get a very good win over Arkansas State in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Coming into that game, people thought I thought it was going to be a shootout. Nope, nineteen to sixteen, and the game went into overtime. Uh, Nevada, Nevada's defense showed up. They've showed why they were um, ranked higher than the offense. Yeah, Jeff uh, Castillo did a fantastic job. No, I agree. I think it was one of the best defensive performances we've seen all year. I mean, our defense was on another mission. It seemed like this year was just to no matter what the offense did, our defense was just gonna take care of us and was going to win us games and I think that was a great attitude to have and I think we saw it um I think we saw it even against uh, Arkansas State you know taking us into overtime um uh, you know, it was 16-13 not 19-16 yeah, 16-13 a very low scoring game um attributed to our great defense um I think it was multiple times where they just said no matter what the offense is going to do we're going to win this game and um I mean it was great to get a bowl win it was definitely great to get the t- uh, the taste of that last loss of the season because yeah. coming into that, they're w- they ending the season winners of five of the last six is huge for Jay Norvell. It's huge for recruiting. Now, now come and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the next um, 
in the next couple episodes, like where where the holes of this team is. Right. Because the leading receiver for um, Nevada was Ben Putman, who had four receptions for 114 yards. I bet most Wolfpack fans had no idea he was even on the depth chart. Yeah, I, I agree. I think most people didn't even know he was on the team before this game. Both teams struggled on offense. Their quarterback, Hanson, threw three picks. Ganji threw two. So, and it shows the defense. Nevada couldn't get the running game going to it. Teletawa had 56 rushing yards. But it was good to see, it was good to see uh, Nevada uh, just get the W, get, uh, add another bowl trophy. We're now 2-0 in the Arizona Bowl, which is very good. But even then, like, the guy who scored the game when he touched down in overtime, Regan Robinson. Do you even know who that is? Like, I don't. I bet most Wolfpack people fans don't know who that was. Right. I think, and it was almost like they played up to their mo. They played to who they were all season, and they. It was the biggest question mark on offense we could have ever had. It was who was gonna show up, who was gonna score for us. You know, was Ty gonna have a good game? Was he gonna throw some picks? Um, it was the biggest question mark coming into that game, and it was. And that's completely opposite for the defense. I mean, we knew what was going to happen, and um, our defense came in and shut it up, shut it down, and our offense struggled, but we still got the W. This game was 7-3 for the majority right. of the game. Was there snoozer. was no scoring in the first and third quarters. Yeah, it was a snoozer. Yeah, and especially at 11 a.m. Yeah. or at 10 a.m. with a Nevada basketball game going on at the same <laughs> time. Not, not great scheduling planning. Uh, but wrapping up today's show, I just wanted to – Divert back to basketball real quick uh, with one quick note. If you haven't checked out NSN's uh, Running with the Wolves, it's a fantastic series. Fantastic. I made an appearance on it just casually. No big, <laughs> de- no big deal. But uh, it comes out every uh, every other Tuesday. So be on the lookout for it. It's fantastic. It, yeah. really, it really does show like in-depth look at what this coaching staff, how how uh how much work Moss and this rest of the coaching staff put in and it's it's kind of fantastic that they have all access um to it right and you can see i mean it's great you they take you in depth to all you know into practices um how the plays are called in the huddle i mean it's it's really cool to see um in depth behind the behind the scenes kind of looks at um the, this basketball team that everyone loves um but hopefully Garrett you don't get too uh hot with that uh, appearance you might leave us I'm already a TV star, man. (laughs) Uh, But with that being said, we will see you guys next week.